You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening in. This is another Jesus is Better, the podcast. My name is Chuck Newkirk, one of the pastors at Church on Mill. And here today, we have another pastor of Church on Mill. Howdy, Tad. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Tad Skinner is here with us today. Tad, you need no introduction for most, but (laughs) would you take a moment and tell us uh, who you are, how long you've been around Church on Mill, what you do, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'd be very happy to. Um, My wife and I came to Arizona from Oklahoma about 20... Uh, 23 years ago, almost. Man, you're getting old. Yeah, no kidding. And we uh, started going to ASU and then pretty quickly found Church on Mill and became members, I think it was probably October, around October of 1997, so coming up on 23 years. Wow. And have been a pastor here, been on staff here for, since 2003, so 17 years. All right. 23 Makes me think of Jordan and the documentary. That's right. Have you watched yeah. any oh, of it? I loved it. Yeah, oh, Caleb and man. I watched watched most of it. So yeah. all right. And Caleb is your son who is graduating today. today. This very day he is graduating. So wow. Yeah. What does that feel like? Uh, it's bittersweet um, because he's he's going to be going to Baylor in the fall, okay. and so we're very excited for him to go. But um, because that's what he's wanted to do, mm-hmm. but it's kind of tough to see him go. And then also, obviously, all, all the coronavirus mm-hmm. stuff is just a, a mess. Yeah. So not not the senior year that he wanted to have. Right. Sure. Well, it'll be interesting, brother, in the trajectory of his life, what the Lord does with the time. And I know you and Katina are doing a great job great. trying to help him. Yeah. Uh, your your wife, Katina, is uh, one of the deacons here at Churchill Mill. So hopefully we'll get here, her here on the podcast at some point, too. I'm sure she would love it. <laughs> Um, So we want to think uh, together today about uh, depression and um, everyone who's listening just felt enthusiastic and encouraged that that's our topic. (laughs) Um, But before we jump into that, uh, I have a question for you. Can you approximate, I don't need the day or the month, but the year. Can you approximate the year that standing flat-footed you last touched your toes? <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever been able to do that, <laughs> ever. Um, we were looking at baby pictures, uh, just pictures of Caleb and Caden, and you know, kids are so flexible mm-hmm. at that age. I don't, I think, I don't think I ever, even at that age, even as an infant, I don't think I could reach my toes. Wow. So yeah, one of the wonderful things about me is that I, I have no flexibility. I, I went to physical therapy once and they, the lady said that I have the flexibility of a 90-year-old grandmother. <laughs> so, Was she talking about your personality? Or yeah. You? yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've also been told that I have a face made for podcasts, so that's perfect for this as well. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? No. Okay. Jeez, I was going to say, that's out of control. Nobody said that to my face anyway. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, um, I have enjoyed over the years watching you do your stretches and uh, 
getting somewhere near yeah. maybe perhaps your knees. No, yeah, I'm lucky if I can touch my knees. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you can return the favor with something you would rather me not uh, be. You would rather ask me that I would rather not answer. You're free to return the favor at some point. When are you gonna cut your beard? Um, I have no intention at this point of cutting it. It, it looks like a shrub. <laughs> a shrub. Okay. I, I thought about starting a fake Instagram, Chuck's beard, and things that Chuck's beard likes. It would be unkempt, shrubbery, and okay. all those things. Well, I've so. been keeping a frisbee up underneath there, so I can just play anywhere I go. <laughs> so you know, frisbees, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do what you got to do. So, um, all right, brother. Well. Uh, I want to think with you in particular about uh, depression, and the reason for that is you're you're humble about this. This is not something you uh, lead with, and it's possible there's be a good chunk of the church listening who who doesn't even know exactly your credentials and the experience you've had. Would you mind just for us understanding the level of time you've invested in this? Would you mind telling us, uh, in addition to your work at the church, what do you do? And um, what kind of training have you had for that? Yeah. So the, I mentioned earlier that we, uh, my wife and I, Katina, came to Arizona. We came to grad school to go to ASU. Okay. And uh, she got a degree in engineering, a doctorate degree in engineering. Okay. And I got a doctorate in psychology, counseling psychology. Okay. So uh, graduated, I don't even remember, 2001 or two, something like that and started a private practice Christian doing uh, Christian counseling. So seeing mostly Christian um, people who claim to be Christians who are wanting help with all sorts of issues, okay. ranging from depression and anxiety to addictions to marriage, relationship, yeah. and just all sorts of family issues, all sorts of things. Yeah. So I've been doing that since to actually started that in 99, so it's uh, just past 20 years I've wow. uh, been doing private practice. So you've logged uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours right. individually sitting with people trying to love them well and um, help direct them in a way that um, you un understand the, the brain and how it's wired and how it works and um, bringing the spiritual um, element in and trying to relate the two. Right. Um, so, um, church, we have a gift in that uh, a lot of a lot of churches have people like me uh, who uh, have studied the Bible a lot, um, but we're definitely not in our expertise when it comes to the more complex psychological kind of issues. So, really grateful that uh, you're here, brother. So, I want to think with you about um, depression. If you were to try to, to, to aim at a definition or help us get our minds around what it is, what would that be? Is it more than I've been sad for more than a day? Or like, how would you frame what is depression? Yeah, that's, it's kind of hard to answer because I think it's, depression is something we can all relate to in some way, um, some more than others. But I tend to think it's kind of like the word love that love has a lot of different definitions and we use it for a lot of different things, uh, has a lot of different meanings. And I think depression in some sense has that as well. <laughs> so I think sometimes people say they're depressed and 
sometimes they really are depressed, meaning okay. they've it's a long-standing, really deep issue, and sometimes they're just meaning they're melancholy yeah. or melancholy, as, as some people might call it. Melancholy. Melancholy. Oh, yes. I thought you said melancholy, and I wasn't familiar <laughs> with that word. <laughs> or just sad. You know, we all have days where we just wake up and we're a little bit of a funk. Um, so I think it, it depends on what you're meaning when you use the word depression. But from a clinical standpoint, okay. we're talking about something that's that's pervasive, that usually is not just in one aspect or one area of your life, but mm. it's kind of all-encompassing. Mm. Um, there's clinical symptoms of depression, uh, like loss of appetite or trouble sleeping, um, sadness, mm. a lot of guilt or shame, uh, low motivation, loss of interest in activities, suicidality or, or thoughts of death. Okay those kinds of things that, that are kind of the clinical symptoms of depression. Um, is extended hair growth on the list? <laughs> only from, from your face. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. So it, it's something that when we're talking about depression from a clinical standpoint, it's not just, I woke up in a bad mood. It's okay. a more pervasive long-term kind of thing. Okay. Um, and not necessarily just, um, connected to this thing happened and I'm really torn up about it. Yeah, although it can be. Okay. It, it can be just circumstantial and that circumstance begins to dominate all of your thinking and all of your thoughts. And so yeah, that's another thing. There's different forms or different sources, I guess you would say, of depression as right. well. Okay. Well, um, complex issue. Yeah. Huh? yeah. So um, a, a lot of people right now are, are facing difficult circumstances um, and uh, it would seem like circumstances in which the possibility of increase in uh, melancholy <laughs> uh, in being melancholy sad uh, could definitely be increasing so excited to have uh, a little bit of time here together just to think through that um, and how do we live as Christians in that context yeah. uh, so if, if I'm listening and I feel uh, down, how do I know how serious that is and therefore what action steps I should be taking? Yeah. Um, I think everybody is different. So everybody's experience is different. And so it's, it's really something we need to be careful not to compare mm -hmm. one person to another because okay. everybody has their own um, limits their own filter through, through which they see the world so i think two ways that we can look at depression that might be helpful is intensity so if if you're trying to see how serious it is if it's really intense if it's very deep pain of some sort that somebody's feeling or just very deep lack of motivation okay that would be just intense, the intensity of those, those emotions and those feelings. Or another way to look at it is time. Okay. So if it stretches on, even if it's not really deeply intense, but just kind of a low-level um, sadness yeah. that lasts for days, weeks, months, yeah. Yeah. that would be another way to look at this is something that's pretty serious. So if it's pervasive... Uh, if it's all-encompassing, you know, we, um, we can have difficulty with a job, 
but like our coworkers, you know, it's just really <laughs> tough to to be around certain people. Uh, <clears throat> that can be one issue, but but if but if it's if you're happy in other areas of your life, if if family life is good Got or it. friends, then um, I, you know I guess you could say you're depressed about your job. But really, where we're talking about depression, it's something that's all encompassing mm-hmm. and really yeah. shadows all of your life. Yeah. I, I think about we won't read this, but if somebody wants to look up Job chapter three, Job has just lost everything. Yeah. He's had everything ripped away from him, and he makes this really gut level plea mm-hmm. to God, and it's just really it's painful, but it's beautiful in a sense just to express how. When I think of depression in the Bible, that's one of the places that I think of Job 3 and Job's cry out to God of how awful his circumstances are and how awful his life is. It's, yeah. um, I think in there, if I remember right, he says something about darkness is my friend wow. or is my only friend. Gosh. So so it would be, uh, that's really helpful um, in, in layman's terms. Um, so... I think I hear you describing that um, it's like uh, a, a cloud, uh, a dark cloud that's descended on you and it just won't lift. Um, yeah. And it's kind of in all areas of life. Um, and I imagine that somebody who's generally very, very up, uh, they're, they're down, might not be near as severe as somebody else who's yeah. not normally as up. So definitely, man, it's a complicated thing. Yeah. So if uh, if maybe maybe if we take another angle um, at this, um, if I'm trying to be a good, godly, helpful church member, and there's a brother or sister I'm interacting with that that I'm concerned, maybe um, in a funk that doesn't seem to be lifting, and um, I don't know what else to do to help them, how do I know? if it's serious enough that I ought to try to help them get some help from a professional. Yeah, that's complicated. Um, I, I think it, it it's always good for us to be involved in each other's lives. And so we ought to be practicing the one another's with each other. We ought to be trying to encourage each other. Yeah. But sometimes it does reach the level where it's um, beyond what we feel like we can do. And so... I, I think if it if it's really just I use this word earlier but pervasive okay. if it's if people are talking about hurting themselves okay. um, and you can't really speak truth into their lives they're not accepting that they're they just are really hopeless and feeling expressing hopelessness <laughs> expressing helplessness um, and you've you've walked with them through not necessarily even that they're denying scripture but it's just not not taking hold okay it's like they they can't grasp what they maybe even know is true but it just doesn't it can't it's bouncing off that wall so wow. to speak then oftentimes it's good to get somebody else involved and, and that leads into some depressions are chemical in nature uh, we're, we're all affected by the fall the fall of man Genesis 3 so um, every aspect of life, including our bodies, has been affected. Uh, you talked about me not being able to touch my toes. <laughs> when I get to heaven, I'll be able to touch my toes. So I'm excited to see you yeah, do a jig. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. But um, uh, 
yeah, so we've all been affected by the fall and we all have different ways that that's expressed. And sometimes for some people, there are chemical imbalances where they don't really have a reason to be depressed. There's nothing circumstantial, um, or at least to be as depressed as what they are. And they need medication for that. And in that kind of a case, there's really not anything that somebody can do other than just being, you know, the one another's being alongside them and walking with them. There, there's not anything that anybody can do to flip that switch or help them. They really need to be on some kind of medication that would would help Got with it. that. Is there any element of kind of trial and error? In, in... Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, when you meet with when I meet with somebody, the first thing I do who's depressed, I'm not automatically thinking about medication sure but um, I mean it's it, it is an option, but it's not the first thing you're thinking of because there are other ways to try to deal with yeah. depression. So yeah, you sometimes you don't know until you get into you know, meeting with a friend and talking with them. And you've wor- worked with them and walked alongside them for a time before you realize that maybe there's something else that's deeper going mm-hmm. on here. We um, have uh, tried to work hard as a church to um, help uh, all of us as members of the body understand that we have the Spirit and we've been um, equipped with the Word of God. And we really can do a t- tremendous amount to help um, each other and walk with each other. And uh, you've been instrumental in that. Thank you. Um, we, I think just anecdotally, it's not like we have a survey about this, but generally um, it has seemed like the last five, six, seven, eight years, it's more anxiety that mm-hmm. we've been dealing with than depression. Um, and yet right now during this pandemic, um, I'm wondering if there's an increase in just the cloud that won't seem to lift. Um, so to the body who's maybe more accustomed to helping people come down off the ledge in terms of anxiety, and now they're really talking to people about the, the sadness that they're not used to, mm-hmm. what are some basic helpful tips in terms of what, what do I say and not say that can be helpful to somebody? Yeah, just to address one of the things you brought up, before I get to that, it's, I think, I heard somebody say once that anxiety has a, a kindling effect on depression. In other words, it, it kind of fuels the depression. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes you can't really address the depression until you address the anxiety okay. that somebody's feeling and experiencing. So, um, but, you know, the, the more that we can speak God's truth right. into people's lives, uh, the better. So, um, uh, Martin Lloyd Jones preached a famous sermon. I'm sure you are aware of, um, uh, from Psalm 42 and 43 and okay. talking about preach to yourself. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. encouraging people to preach to themselves, to remember what God has done in the past. Remember that God's promises that he's made and how they've seen God fulfill some of those in their yeah. lives previously. Yeah. Uh, reminding themselves of the character of God and who he is rather than focusing. Sometimes we get so focused on our circumstances. That's all we can see. Mm. And um, calling people back gently, lovingly to remember who God is, 
what his character is, uh, what he's done for us in the past, yeah. uh, what he's going to do for us in the future. Yeah. Um, and then being patient because, you know, we're stubborn. And um, a lot of times we, we maybe know what the truth is, but we don't want to hear it from somebody. <laughs> and we, we feel like kind of in some sense, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't, you don't really know what I'm going through. Yeah. So it, it requires, as you know, a lot of patience to be able to walk with people through that. Sure. So we shouldn't be expecting in one, one oh, yeah. conversation to help somebody who's really in a funk. Well, I mean, maybe some people can do that, but I, I have not been able to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I love that line from Lloyd Jones's book, uh, spiritual depression, it's causes and cures where he says, um, don't you know that most of your problems in life um, are due to the fact that you've been listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Right. Uh, that was, uh, man, 20, 25 years ago, enormously helpful in my own life. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, he, if, where would somebody find that message? I don't know. Okay. Uh, the, the, there's a book uh, that he's written, the, I think it's probably just, it's um, it's a sermon notes and expanding on that. Okay. It's called spiritual depression. Um, I don't know where you would find the actual okay sermon. Somebody who's listening, if you look for Martin Lloyd Jones sermons um, on Psalm 42, 43, and you find them, uh, you could stick them stick uh, a link in the comments section uh, of the podcast. Um, that would be great. Or send us an email and we can put it later in the show notes. That would be really helpful. Um, Tad, any, um, anything else that you would find to be uh, particularly important for us to think about in relationship to either we're, we're struggling with us ourselves or we're, we're trying to relate to others who seem to be? Yeah, I think, um, I think recognizing that there are different causes is helpful. Um, and I think we see that in the Bible. I, I tried to before I knew I was going to do this, obviously, and was trying to think of some examples in Scripture. Okay. And so, um, you know, you can think about the circumstances that people have faced, and uh, I think we could certainly say that David was mm. depressed right. uh, because of circumstances. Some of those he caused, mm. uh, some of them he didn't. Um, Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, and I think you get that title when you when you write a book called Lamentations, I think you, you deserve the title The Weeping Prophet. So he was uh, grieved and depressed over the, the sin of Israel. Uh, Job, we already mentioned, right. um, depressed. And, and that, talking about the difference between intensity and time, he, he had a very intense depression that just came on right like that, you know, immediately yep. uh, because of his circumstances. Um, so Moses was grieved over the sin of God's people. Um, Jesus in Isaiah 53, it's prophesied that he would be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can have depression over our circumstances. We can have depression over sin, our own sin. You, know, you think about Elijah and his reaction right after he had had that, God had given that great victory over the prophets right. of Baal, right. and he, he was scared and ran and depressed. Yeah. Um, in 
First Kings, I think it was. So he um, it was a sinful depression, I think, because mm-hmm. he was not really believing the truth about God and and um, God's character and who he was and God's provision for him. And I think he got depressed because he was wrongly viewing who God was. And then we mentioned chemical imbalances and um, and then I think we can have spiritual issues as well. I mean, Jonah could be in that that category of being depressed because of sin, perhaps, but just uh, some spiritual depression as well. So there's different causes, I think, yeah. for depression. Trying to identify what that is in you um, or in your, your friends, the people you're trying to walk with is helpful. Um, especially in terms of uh, trying to know uh, what... Uh, what balm from the scriptures to apply to that um, particular hurt. Yeah. Um, Anything else, brother, that would be particularly useful in this conversation? Um, I think particularly in the environment that we're in with the coronavirus and people staying home and not being around people, um, I want to be careful not to say that the cure to your depression or your feelings is just pray more or just read the Bible more or just do the spiritual disciplines. Those are helpful. We ought to be doing those, but those, uh, that's not all uh, that we could do. I I think especially when we're staying at home, routines are helpful for people. So getting up, even if you're don't have anything planned for that day, or even if you, are just going to be on a Zoom call, you know, for an hour or two, um, getting up, getting a shower, getting dressed, getting ready for the day, uh, not walking around in your PJs all day. <laughs> that um, when you do that, it just kind of dampens your mood. I think it, it just makes you feel right. a little bit lazy, right. uh, which is depressing. So I think if you can get into good routines and take care of yourself physically. Um, and then being in community, mm-hmm. you know, really striving to be involved in each other's lives yeah. is really important. Yeah. However, uh, each individual can figure out, you know, how to do that right, right. now. It's huge, hugely significant. Right. Uh, it's interesting. One of the people you mentioned in the Old Testament who had uh, a bout of this, the solution God gave him was uh, eat and sleep uh, and then let's deal with the issues. Um, and so, yeah, God's made us um, phys- material and immaterial, and the two, of course, work together. Yeah. Um, you've, been, you've been real helpful as we've tried to think through this. Thank you. I wonder if um, we could end by just having you pray mm. for uh, the body and our working together to labor with one another to stick with Jesus through this, and in particular, through any really significant sadness we'd be having. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Father, um, we pray for our church family and um, know that this is a challenging time that we're going through right now, and there's lots of, of um, things that we did not expect to experience in, in 2020. Uh, things that are uh, very difficult in, in a myriad of ways. So uh, things that have taken us out of our comfort zone and have 
um, been real um, uh, challenges to us in terms of of just finding rest and finding comfort and finding peace. So, uh, God, we pray that we would remember that you um, have promised to give us peace, that you have said that your um, uh, uh, yoke is easy and your bur burden is light, and that you have um, promised to give give rest and comfort to us. Uh, God, we pray that we would be um, willing to practice the one another's, even if it means from a distance, even if it means a, a phone call or, or standing six feet away at somebody's door, uh, that we would not uh, cease to um, reach out to those that, that you have entrusted to us right. as our church family to care for. So pray that you would um, uh, give us uh, a desire to not just be thinking about ourselves, but to be thinking about other people in our church family that that need us as well give us opportunities to serve uh, give us opportunities to get outside of of uh, just ourselves um, god we thank you that you have provided uh, the remedy uh, for our depression and that is ultimately an end to sin you have mm -hmm. uh, brought jesus uh, to uh, live the life that we couldn't live and to die the death that we deserved and and eventually we know that that leads to uh, an eternity where we um, not only can touch our toes, but that we can um, uh, not be shedding tears yeah. and not be um, waking up uh, depressed or yeah. struggling with, uh, with the, the cares of, of this world. Uh, so we thank you that you have taken care of, of sin once and for all. And in the meantime, pray that we would trust you and know that you uh, are here with us, that uh, you are acquainted with grief and you are a man of sorrows. Mm -hmm. You you know the things that we have experienced and we, we have an advocate who um, has been through what we've been through. Uh, God, what a comfort that is mm -hmm. to know that. pray that that would be real to us amen. in this time. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. So uh, last thing, how do you get your shoes on? <laughs> uh, it It's a process. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Takes time. It's not easy, uh, especially especially if I have to lace them up. All right. Okay. So Great. I can still do it most of the time. Okay. So everybody, when you see Tad, see what kind of shoes he's got on. Yes. And smile in your heart. That's right. Okay. Uh, this has been uh, another edition of the uh, Jesus is Better, the podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Be looking for another episode to drop next week. Thanks so much. For listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.